You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last time, we hope. We're coming off a double buy. Yeah, that's right. This show it works and goes so hard, we needed two buys. But we're ready to rock and roll. We're zooming into week 12. It's Thanksgiving week. This is when the best football is played. This is when you know, the, the contenders, pretenders separate themselves. Obviously, the, the best teams are going to be playing their best football right now. And fresh off a trip to L.A. and SoFi, I've got, of course, our partner, Alex Kavtov. He was there for the Chiefs Chargers. Alex, come on. Dish, what's going on, man? How was it? All right, I haven't been in L.A. in about three years, and I haven't visited the the SoFi Stadium. And my friends were like, let's go. Uh, there's a huge game on Sunday. They're like, uh, let's go for it. And I was like, yeah, I, I want to see where the Super Bowl was played. I want to see where the Rams and the Chargers play. Obviously, it's a, it's a stadium that they spent like $5 billion on, um, the, the rumors that are out there. So uh, my first time going to the stadium, obviously, it was – the game against the Chiefs, the, the Chargers were playing against them. I knew those two teams the past couple of years. I mean, they had like slugfests ever since Justin Herbert came into the league and became the Chargers quarterback. So I expected a great game. I, in the first half, a lot of points were scored. In the third quarter, it kind of quieted down a little bit. Defenses made the plays. Then we had a couple of fumbles in the fourth quarter, but... Your Patrick Mahomes just came to the rescue once again, you know, with two minutes left on the clock. Well, it's, it, it's almost become normalized. He can't it, – it's hard for him to really do anything, I don't know, or get a lot of credit for stuff anymore because it's just he's almost playing against himself. Like the standard has been set. Now you got to keep one-upping that, Patrick. Okay, so – the Chargers score. There's one, whatever, 131 left, 146 left. And I'm sure everybody in the stadium, including Chargers fans, are thinking, okay, it's great we got the lead, but they're hoping Patrick just leaves enough time on the clock for, for the Chargers to come back. And, of course, here we go. Two, three plays down the down the down the pike and 30 seconds left. They score the touchdown with Kelsey. I mean, it was just so ironic because it, it turns out it was a very similar play call to the game last year in SoFi. It was in overtime and Kelsey just made a great run though. After the catch in this one, it just seemed like there was a little bit of a screen. Derwin James had it hesitated for just this, like a split second and Kelsey got out in front of him and it was just, you know, clear path to the end zone. And, and that was it. But I really think, I mean, I, I think we spoke off air. You're figuring, okay, 31 seconds, Herbert might get them in the field goal range. That's all he needs. You know, we'll see another overtime game, but Chris Jones, I mean, I don't know, man, we haven't talked about him much this season, but he is just quietly having an outstanding year. I mean, even for his standards, I mean, he's got like 10 sacks, a lot of batted ball. And it looked like that first play, you know, you tell me if you saw it, it, the defense was kind of opening up, right? And there was no spy. And it looked like Herbert just wanted to go straight up. the. He was going to get like 
10 or 15 yards free and clear, but Jones kind of closed it down, sacks him, and now all of a sudden, you know, they're in second and long, and he, then he forces it, and, you know, the rest is history. But uh, I'm glad you were there. I mean, I, I, I wish I would have known beforehand, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I didn't understand that play. Um, coming out of the huddle, I thought they were going to throw for, like, 15 yards, maybe get Keenan Allen or something out of the slot. I didn't understand the fact that Herbert wanted to step up and run for it. Even if it was open, it just I I didn't understand that at all. It, it's not like you have like a minute and a half left. Like Patrick Mahomes, well, they on the had previous... they had time they had timeouts though, right? I mean, if he gets like fifteen or twenty yards, because again, you know, Mahomes did it against Tennessee. He's done it here. I mean, if these guys are playing man to man and there's no spy and he just kind of breaks, you know, breaks the line of scrimmage, there's nobody there. And he did it in this game again. And he got maybe like 15 or 20 yards. Herbert is probably a little bit faster than Mahomes, better runner for sure. You know, hey, he gets out there, you know, 20, 22 seconds left, but you're 20 yards upfield, call timeout. I can see the idea, but I hear what you're saying. You know, he's obviously a better thrower of the ball than he is a runner, but hey, that, that was the call. Jones makes a great play, and here we are, man. I just think he would have been able to get, like, three completions, and you're in field goal range. I mean, if he would have been able to pick oh, up. Oh, absolutely. Like, so yeah. that that was my thinking. Plenty of time, timeouts left, and I just think, you know, they were eating up the, the Chiefs secondary a bit. I felt like they had the guys there, whether it was Carter or whether it was Keenan Allen. I know Mike Williams got injured, and – that, you know, he left the game and never returned. But the, the Chargers wide receivers were doing some things to to the Chiefs secondary. And I just felt like they could have done it there. The Chiefs would have played soft. They would have given them the underneath stuff and the, the 10, 15 yards, um, you know, out routes or crossing routes. They would have been there. I just feel like uh, the Chargers made a mistake there. That was that was a bogus play. Yeah, like, yeah. You, and, you then the, and then on the on the interception, I think maybe he panicked a little bit. Um, he didn't have I mean, he didn't have to. I mean, it was kind of like putting it up for grabs. Right. I mean, he it was like, I'm going to get sacked, so I'm just going to you know put it up. Well, throw it out of bounds. Right. I mean, just to, you know, live to play another down. But, you know, he didn't quite get it out of bounds, gets tapped. And then uh, Bolton makes a great play on the ball. And that was it. Yeah, and the Chargers right now are what five and five, right? They're yep. they're sitting out there, the, a team that I thought would be in the the playoff race. And they're right now out of it. Well, they are. They're, you know, they're <laughs> they still they still have a chance. You know, looking at the AFC, I thought maybe we would talk about that a little bit today. Uh, you know, look at each conference, which teams are kind of get getting going, if you would. Uh, but as far as you know, teams that look like they're they're playing themselves into playoff shape, if you would. You know, you've got in the East Miami and Buffalo, although Miami's got the tiebreaker right now uh, because they beat Buffalo and they also have an extra win. But, you know, that'll all kind of wash itself out once Miami goes to Buffalo later on. Tennessee, wow. I mean, you just, I mean, that team, you know, they're not very entertaining to watch. They're boring as hell, but they don't beat themselves. They play good defense. They run the ball. If Tannehill can just make a couple of a couple three four throws a game, they're built to play in November and December. 
yet to prove that they can play in January, but November and December, you do not want to see that team coming. Baltimore, I think, just because that division isn't so good right now, Cincinnati kind of on the come, and then you got the Chiefs. But, you know, then you got a handful of teams for the for that uh, that other spot, the Chargers, New England, the Colts, maybe the Jets. But those two teams are seem to be a little bit, um, I don't know, a little bit of disarray. Jets, the whole Zach Wilson mess. What did you make of that? It comes out, comes down today that uh, he is, in fact, being benched. Uh, he's actually inactive for the, this game coming up against the Bears. Uh, Mike White gets the start, and Flacco's the backup. What, what do you make of Zach Wilson? It, will we see him resurface with this team this season? I don't think so. I don't think so. He doesn't give him a good chance to, to win. And when the Jets had the running game going with Brees Hall, that seemed to be okay. Like the coaching staff was saying, okay, we're relying on the run game. We're relying on our defense. But ever since Brees Hall got injured for the season, that hasn't been the same. They've tried to get Zach Wilson going, and he hasn't. I mean, he's been atrocious. And I just think right now I'm very surprised that the Jets are going with Mike White instead of Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco has won a Super Bowl. He has won a couple of games this year, filling in for Zach Wilson when he was injured in the beginning of the season. So to me, that's a really strange move. Joe, again, has been there before, and now you're turning to a guy that was number three on the depth chart, uh, hoping to resurrect the season. So I didn't understand that move. But overall, this is a wake-up call for Zach Wilson, and I don't think it's, it's a good one, to be honest with you. The team has lost confidence. The coaching staff and the front office don't believe in him. I see a very gloomy future for Zach Wilson with the Jets here. I, I think he's going to get traded in the offseason. I think the Jets are going to go in a different direction. I know I'm jumping the gun. I don't see anything good coming out of this situation. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to go back to him now. Yeah, just the whole look. I mean, one, just his play on the field was just you know, horrific. Now, again, you're in New England, you know, it's a windy day. Belichick eats him alive, eat, you know, ate him alive, a few, you know, a couple weeks back. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't this bad where it was three, three. I mean, just the most, dis I mean, it was just a horrible game to watch. And then just the way it ended was, was even worse for the Jets. So I'm sure everybody in that locker room was just pissed off, wanted to get the hell out of there. And, you know, if all he would have done was just say, you know what? Yeah, that's on me. I played horribly. We all need to pick it up. But, hey, it starts with me. Whatever. Just diffuse the situation right away. But I don't know. Maybe he didn't like that particular reporter from before or whatever. And it was just like, hey, do you feel responsible? No. Well, OK. Now it just seems like you don't give a shit. <laughs> but he seemed, you know, he seemed visibly upset and whatever. But. I don't know. I, you know, I, maybe a new, new scenery. I mean, you go from, uh, you know, Utah, BYU, you know, not a lot of media to the biggest media market in the world. Uh, I don't care how many guys they have handling him, training him or whatever. Uh, that's just a big move. Maybe, it, maybe he needs to be somewhere else. What do you think? You know, maybe he goes, maybe he goes to Las Vegas. 
You know, and when when Derek Carr, maybe they can they can flip quarterbacks and maybe work out a deal where you know somehow Wilson goes to Las Vegas, Derek Carr goes to the Jets, or Jimmy G will be out there. But yeah, it's going to be awfully difficult. But I guess my thought is, you know, I, I'm with you there. If you're going to move away from Zach Wilson, yeah. You're putting in just as inexperienced a dude as 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 Wilson. I mean, he he won some games last year. In the first couple of games, yeah, there was a wow factor because nobody really had any film on him, you know, in terms of professional football. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, you know, Flacco's not the greatest, but hey, he led the team early in the year when Zach was out. So what the hell? So I don't, you know, I don't know that the Jets are going to be that seventh team. Uh, the Colts, long shot. The Patriots, you know, it's just you know, Bill Belichick. Somehow he's going to, he might make this thing happen. Or the Chargers, but you know, I don't have any faith in the Chargers either. So that's that's just going to be wild for that last playoff spot to me. Um, I mean, do you have a favorite? Do you do you, do you have an inkling one way or the other? I don't. I think it's going to be a huge race for that sixth and seventh spot. I think it's going to come down to a few teams, most likely in the AFC East, the way it looks like right now. Uh, as far as Zach Wilson is concerned in the Jets, you know, the Jets can't get it right. You know, last time they went for the guy uh, for the guy from USC, you know, they went Darnold, with Sam yeah. Darnold. You know, he was on a big stage. Yeah. He was a California kid. He knew what it was like to be in the spotlight, to be a quarterback with the USC Trojans. Then they went with a guy like Zach Wilson, who had a great junior year out of, you know, Provo, Utah. So they, they took a different approach in that regard. Some teams just can't get it right at quarterback. Oh, I, I, I mean, can, no matter I how can, hard they try. I can attest to that. <laughs> almost 50 years you know of like trying to maybe not 50 but pretty close you know it's different like some teams know how to get yeah. it right they seem to yep. always hit on a quarterback and some teams just can't go you know can't get a catch a break and go without a quarterback for like 30 years i don't know carolina likes to stockpile these you know these quarterbacks indianapolis also likes to take a shot but they usually go for you know, veterans, but now, you know, Frank Reich is out. Well, ironically, so, you've got two teams that. that are making coaching changes there, too. So there, maybe you see the the approach change a little bit. I mean, same general managers, but um, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the thing is, you have those four teams, but there's really nobody else. You know, I don't, you know, the Jets, the Colts, New England, and the Chargers. I mean, other than that, I mean, I got to believe the Chiefs are pretty safe. Uh Baltimore and Cincinnati, I don't, you know, I mean, unless they fall off the face of the earth and lose a bunch of games, which they're probably not going to do. Tennessee's not going anywhere. Buffalo is still Buffalo. Yeah, they've, you know, they've run into some, you know, a little bit of a speed bump here, there. Uh, Josh Allen's got to kind of rein it back in, stop making some, you know, some hero ball throws. And then you got Miami. Um so are, are speaking of quarterbacks, we'll talk about the team, Miami and Tua. Is Tua showing them enough to tease them? Is he showing them enough to say, yeah, he's the guy for this construct, this the way the team is constructed, and this particular coach, we can move on with this guy? Or are they just going to be like, you know what, this is great that he's doing this, but he's not going to lead us to a Super Bowl, so we're going to be moving at, at the end of the year. 
I've said this before. It's it's a quarterback friendly system. That scheme, and it makes even an average quarterback look good. All right, they they've done it with Jimmy Garoppolo before. So Tua is showing them something. They've got a four game winning streak right now. They're leading this division, and nobody expected Miami to you know to be up there against Buffalo in that regard. And they're like neck and neck. So I would say they're probably going to stick with Tua unless they, they fall off the, the planet and don't make the playoffs. But right now, the Dolphins do, do look like a playoff team. They're going to make it, and it's hard to cut loose of the quarterback when you haven't had one since Dan Marino. It's hard to cut loose of a quarterback that leads you into the playoffs. So with the new coaching staff, I think they do trust him. They've got those those weapons around him, you know, with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. They're going to move forward with him. I just I don't see them cutting bait. It would be really hard to do after you know him having an impressive season with this new coaching staff here. Well, let's see how they do. I mean, obviously this is this is a big part of the schedule because you, you know you're playing down south. They they really don't you know occasionally it, it it'll rain uh, the heat, but the, you know, they get, they get acclimated to that now this late in the year. Now let's see when they come up to Buffalo, uh, you know, how's that going to go? So let's, if Tua can kind of show them enough in, in those heated type games in as far as the tension and so forth, but in terms of the weather in cold weather, if it's windy, if he can cut it through the wind even a little bit, and just to just to make sure that Waddle and Hill are keep being as effective as they've been so far, yeah, maybe that decision isn't as, as difficult, especially since you know Mike McDaniel loves the dude and he's really propping him up, and I'm sure you know two is a hell of a lot more confident now than he ever was. Uh, with with Brian Flores. Now that's no knock against Flores, but you know you just have and you hate to say it, but the offensive minded coach versus the defensive minded coach. So um, what do you make of Josh Allen? I mean, is this just kind of a, a blip on the screen? Should we worry about this with some of the, these kind of lazy interceptions and just kind of falling in love with the gun at the wrong times? I'm not worried about him. I, I think the Buffalo Bills are still going to be. Um, the first or the second team out of the AFC. They're still in the thick of things. They're still seven and three. Any quarterback is prone to making some of those mistakes. I mean, you can't be Mr. Automatic. You can't be perfect all the time. You're going to have some bad games. Even the best ones are going to have some bad, bad games. So I'm not worried about it. I think the Buffalo Bills are still going to be a top two team, if not the, the best team coming out of the AFC. I think they'll have the number one seed. As far as I'm concerned right now, the Chiefs have it, but it's really close. And I think when it's all said and done, the Bills will still win the AFC East division and they still might turn out to be the number one. And, it may, in the and again, it may come down to that that game, you know, against Miami. And then you're looking at tiebreakers and so on. You know, I'm looking at the rest of the Chiefs schedule. You know, they've got Seattle coming up. You know, that that might be a difficult game for them. Uh, they've got Denver twice. They've got the Raiders. I mean, their first part of their schedule was just amazing. I mean, the first, I think the first eight teams that they played, like for the first time ever, were against teams that had winning records the previous year. And then a bunch of those teams were in the playoffs. But now the second part, the end of their schedule is now, I mean, it, 
you know, you were thinking, oh, Denver's going to be really good. You know, the Raiders are going to be much better. I mean, the Chargers, you know, this AFC West is going to be everything. And then it turns out, well, not so much. I mean, Den- Denver, and we've all seen what, what they've been able to do. And that's, that situation is just a mess. Uh, the Raiders, they, they keep showing glimpses. You know, they, they like play real good one game. And then that last game against Denver, okay, they got out of there in overtime but again Denver was never really threatening much on offense so I don't know if you can really say that was a big win for them it was a big win for them because of you know how crappy the game against uh you know Indianapolis went but wow that's just uh just I don't know I guess the other team is it, that's kind of righted themselves or kind of still in a little bit of flux is the is the Bengals uh, they still have, you know, the issues, you know, offensive line. Yes, they made the, I guess, the changes, if you would, improvements because of free agency and draft picks coming along. So I don't know that you'll see Burrow getting sacked nine or ten times in a game, but it's still not, you know, the offensive line he would like. Jamar Chase is still out for a little bit. So here we go. They've got who do they have this week? They they got the Titans, they right? Got the Titans. Right. So I don't know if can you say it's a revenge game? I, I will just foreshadow this right now. It's definitely in the pick segment. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Are fine. you there? Hello. I hear you fine, Lo. Yes, hello. I hear you fine, Lo. Alex? Hello, hello, hello. Yes, I hear you. Lo, I hear you fine. Do you hear me? Hello, I hear you. Do you? Do you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I do. I do. It's I heard not, you I'm, well. I'm hearing the. I'm hearing the. The kind of. Um, you know when it's starting to go that error kind of beep beep beep. So, all right. So we're that's that? fine. All that's right. just. Uh, yeah, let's start. It's a revenge game. Go ahead. So they have Tennessee this week. Now they didn't. A lot of the players on this Tennessee team and on the Bengals team didn't play in last year's game, but you got to believe. I mean, obviously the coaching staff is the same. Tannehill certainly, you know, would like to kind of slay the dragon if you would just, you know, not saying that he doesn't have confidence, but, you know, he took a lot of flack in that game because, but for him, they would have won that game against the Bengals in the playoffs. So again, you know, even though Cincinnati seems to have things going in a positive direction offensively the Tennessee defense is no joke no matter who they put on the field it seems like they're all there to be nasty and they're going to hit so that that's going to be a a really tough game for them so uh should be interesting but I I like them down the stretch and I I think they'll you know they'll eventually make the playoffs so I think we kind of have a pretty good idea what the field is going to be in the AFC in the NFC again you've got some some top end teams that you can say okay you know dallas san francisco philly after that you know minnesota was kind of humming along they they had that miraculous win in buffalo and then they just got curb stomped by dallas last week that was just ridiculous they come home and just i mean they I don't think they got past the 50 after the first half on offense. And the Dallas defense just looked incredible. Dak play. It, it, we talked about this on a few shows back. Are they? Is Dak going to play the role of Cooper Rush, but in a much, you know, at a much higher level 
where they're going to run the ball more. They're going to use Tony Pollard, you know, at least 50% of the time. He and Zeke sharing uh, carries where it's more of a 50-50 or a 60-40 split, depending on, you know, the way the game is going. But just and just make Dak make a couple of, you know, sensational plays, a few, but very efficient. The defense played lights out and that's the recipe for the Cowboys to be great. Now, can they stick to that? That's the question. Will they be able to stick to that and not have Dak putting it up 35, 40 times a game and taking the ball out of Tony Pollard's hands? Dallas is a scary team, Lou. I realize if they that play the Eagles, like that, yeah. I realize that the Eagles are the number one seed in the NFC right now. They're leading the NFC East division, but I wouldn't want to play Dallas in the playoffs because Dallas is a much better team than the Eagles. I, I truly believe that. I truly believe that. With Dak Prescott now being back, with the running game and the defense, the way they played last week, against the Minnesota Vikings, and that's no slouch. I mean, the Vikings are running away with the NFC North division. I wouldn't want to play Dallas. So right now, the Cowboys are my favorites to get into the Super Bowl out of the NFC. See, I still I still lean towards San Francisco. And I think because they know who they are, they will play the way they play, and they're not going to ask Jimmy G to do – things just because they're paying him a ton of money whereas like Dak Prescott it seems like they were the idea is hey we're paying him 40 million a year we're going to put it on his shoulders but I hopefully they see hey this is the way we play right let's get Tony Pollard is a much more dynamic back Zeke is still going to be a big part of this offense because he's the one between the tackles going to pound it in there. We get in, you know, third and short, uh, get on the goal line. We definitely need him. But Pollard, I mean, he's making plays down the field in the passing game. He's got all the juice. You definitely need to have him as be a big part of the offense. And then you hope C.D. Lamb can kind of pinch in, pitch in a little bit and Dalton Schultz and maybe some of the other receivers. And Oh, by the way, maybe they bring OBJ in. So uh, yeah, frightening, but I still think I just, I don't know what it is about San Francisco. I just really like the way they, they know who they are, their defense. I don't know. I just trust them a little bit more than, I mean, Dallas defense is dynamic. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. It's not like they're, they're just a flash in the pan. I, this is, this is a solid unit. And I think San Francisco's is just as good, if not better, uh, but for some injuries on e- on either side. I just like San Francisco's DNA a little bit more than I do Dallas in the playoffs. I love that you're singing praises for my 49ers. I really do, and I appreciate that. But I just don't trust Jimmy G in the big game. And I know he's taken us to the Super Bowl before, but when I'm talking about the big game, I'm talking about the NFC Championship game. Right. Uh, that's that's where it's going to come down to. You know, that's what he's going to be measured by. We can get by in the playoffs in the first round, right? We can get through the divisional round, I believe. But when it comes down to the NFC Championship game, I'm not sure I can trust him. And I realize he's got weapons. He's got Debo. He's got Christian McCaffrey. Brandon Ayuk is coming around. And the defense is very good. But I just it, it, in the playoffs, it comes down to the quarterback. 
And I realize that Dak Prescott hasn't proven himself in the playoffs before. But I think this is his time, Lou. And I just think he's finally going to rise uh, rise to that occasion and, and prove his doubters wrong. I trust Dak Prescott more than I trust Jimmy G. Okay, well, you know, hey, you know, the, he hasn't given you, uh, you know, a, a, a long list of successes in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, got them to the Super Bowl, but uh, yeah, it remains to be seen. I did. There's just something about that San Francisco team. Now you throw in, you know, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, everybody seems to, again. The, all the skill positions are healthy, and now the dynamic of of throwing. Uh, Elijah Mitchell not being you know, completely dependent upon because that, that's kind of I think the way they were leaning at the beginning of the year where he was going to be the lead back until he got hurt. But now you can sprinkle him in with CMC and you've got such a diverse running game. Debo coming out of the backfield. You get all three of those guys on the field. Uh, you know, Shanahan's going to have a lot of fun with, with uh, those three guys for sure. And Kittle. Lou, let me ask you, let me pose that Lou, let me pose this question yeah. to you. Who's been the most disappointing team in the NFL period? Is it the Denver Broncos? Is it the green Bay Packers? Or is it lost the Los Angeles Rams? Well, I to me I think it's it's the Packers because they they kind of came into the season and just they I mean you lose a huge part of your offense in Devontae Adams and it it's almost like well we're going to you know we'll draft these rookies and that'll kind of you know put put a bandaid on it and and then Rodgers not being there in the offseason to work with the new guys. I mean, and so I mean, to me, I think that that might be a little bit bigger disappointment. Denver, I don't you know, rookie head coach, a new system. I think they brought him there with the idea that maybe they were going to get Aaron Rodgers and maybe that would have made things a lot smoother. But with Russ, it just seems clunky and they don't know what the hell they're doing. Um I don't know. Maybe I didn't have as much faith in 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 the in the Denver Las Vegas additions, maybe because you know the AFC West, and I just didn't didn't see that happening. Maybe just that's my own bias. But I think the Packers, I had them in much higher regard. Obviously, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, and that looks pretty stupid. And it probably did have about three or four games in. But uh, yeah, I, 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 it's got to be the Packers for me. It's got to be the Rams for me because I don't remember the last time that a Super Bowl winner has struggled this much the the next year. Usually you would have the the hangover for the Super Bowl loser, but not for the Rams. I understand that Cooper Cup is out. I understand that Matthew Stafford is not 100% and he probably won't be this year. But I had more faith in that defense. I had more faith in Sean McVay's offensive scheme. I thought they were going to figure it out and then... I certainly felt like they were going to be making the playoffs. They are in last place in the NFC West. That's brutal for a team coming off a of Super Bowl. Yeah, and but I mean, I guess you know, hindsight is 2020. But you look at I me; mean, they were a pretty thin team to begin with, right? I mean, they're a very top-heavy team just because of you know the dra- the trades that they make. Uh, they made with their draft picks. So I mean, they they, they had some lower draft picks hit. But 
the depth was never there and they stayed relatively healthy last year right and they were able to wow i mean but you lose whitworth you know you lose um you lose your starting center you lose i mean just too many losses you know obj obviously was was gone I mean, he wasn't there for most of last year but he really was kind of the cherry on top when he kind of came on at the end of the year and into the playoffs, not so much the numbers, but just the fact his presence on the field, making it a little bit easier for Cooper cup to, and not that he needed it, but it certain it certainly helped. So a lot of injuries, this whole thing with cam acres and just a lot of distractions. And you could kind of, as the season's gone on, you kind of, you know, you just keep taking this piece away, that piece away. No, no really other threat on the field besides Cup. And it just, you know, kind of imploded. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah, coming off a of Super Bowl, you'd think at very least they'd be in contention in their own division. But, uh, yeah, they just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, how about Tampa? Do you think they're going to make a run? Do you think that they, they played very well in Germany? Seems like a month ago now. Uh, beating Seattle, they come back now. They're in Cleveland this week as favorites. Hint, hint. Uh, and uh, yeah, is this enough? Is, is Julio look like Julio again? But you know, again, that's going to be short lived. He's never been able to over the last few years stretch you know a few games along. Uh, Leonard Fournette's out. But Rashad White seems to be coming on. But, you know, are you going to rely on a rookie to let you play off Lenny was no joke. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know how what to make a Tampa. You never want to count Brady out. So it, it's such a weak division. They're probably going to win it, you know, by default because, you know, nobody wants to see it. You know, I don't know if New Orleans with Andy Dalton's really going to make any more noise. Atlanta, you know, they're not that good, but they're playing great as little talent as they have. And now they've lost Kyle Pitts. So Tampa's going to win that division and get in the playoffs. Can he get that team to go on the road and win? That's the big question. And I, I'm just not feeling it. I'm looking at the Bucks schedule, like the rest of the way. And I think it looks pretty favorable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For them. Uh, they pull they play the 49ers and the Bengals back-to-back in December. That's going to be but, tough. But overall, it looks pretty soft. Like, they close the season with the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Falcons. And I think those are the three games that they should win. You know, I think the Bucks are, are going to go on a roll because I believe in their defense. Their defense is very good. It's going to carry the day. I think Brady and that offense will figure it out and do enough to not – you know, uh, cause turnovers, not make bad decisions, uh, to kind of just keep drives alive and, and make smart plays in the fourth quarter when it matters the most. Plus, Brady is a free man now, so he can focus on football the rest of the way. Say what you want, but hey, I'm sure that held a cloud over his head the first couple of months. Now that situation is settled. And he could just move on and focus on football the rest of the way. So I think, uh, yeah, I think the Bucks will win that division, and they should be the favorites moving forward. So then you got a handful of teams, right, for the other spot. I mean, so basically we're looking at four, 
Minnesota probably for sure. So you're looking at like five. So there's like two spots. You got Seattle, right? You've got, I guess, the Commanders, the Giants, the Falcons, the Saints. But that, that you know, that's that's a real stretch. Who do you think those last two are going to be? I like the way the Commanders are playing. You know, I, and I think the Giants might be, and the actually maybe the bubbles burst for those teams. They've kind of hit their their ceiling. We'll see how the Giants play in Dallas this week. That that looks like if Dallas didn't play so well against Minnesota, you know, I would say Dallas would, is just going to dust the Giants. But coming off a game like that, you just never know if they're going to be able to put two high-level performances like that back-to-back. So I don't know if I'm ready to go to go all in, uh, you know, on Dallas in that game versus the spread, but I can't see the Giants going in there and winning just with the limited offense that they that they play. I mean, there's too much film right now, and I think with that Dallas defense, it's going to be hard for them. So I think they're regressing, and, and the commanders actually are starting to get on a roll. I think Riverboat Ron is committed to Heineke now, rightly so. He, they just win with him somehow, some way. They scrap and win. So I think the commanders might be one team that sneaks in the playoffs. I think the Giants will figure it out. Really? I, I, I do. I think that that coaching staff will – uh, do enough down the stretch to not sink that ship. I don't think it's going to happen. I just I like what how the makeup of that team is, and I think they will bounce back. I, also, for the last spot, I mean, I guess it has to be the Seahawks, even though they're on shaky ground, but they're six and four. But hear me out. I think there's one team, one team right now that I'm kind of pulling for. They've got a three-game winning streak going. And I think they can turn it around, and they could get in for that seventh spot. It's the Lions, Lou. Whoa. It's the Lions. I'm, I'm telling right. you. I know I'm going out there, but it's just right now they've got a winning streak going. I know they've got the Bills coming up, and that's almost an impossible game. But when I look at their schedule the, the rest of the way, there's only, like, one team, and it's the Vikings, like, uh, that they're playing. The rest of the schedule looks pretty soft. Those are the games that they can win. So, you know, if the Seahawks slip a bit, the Lions might be that team that finishes like nine. And so eight Detroit is and they're gets four and seven right now. Is that their record? They are. They are. Yeah, right. they are. I, I know it looks bleaky right now, but they won three straight. And I just think they're they have a favorable schedule moving forward. They've got the Vikings and um, the Bills that they're probably going to lose to. Eight and nine might get them into the playoffs. So I'm just pulling for the Lions. I think I'm very, it could I'm happen. I'm very excited they that the early game on Thanksgiving has some intrigue now, right? Because the Lions are playing better. They're kind of uh, – they were a story coming in because, you know, hard knocks, Dan Campbell, the whole thing. But now I think a lot of the things that we kind of thought, hey, if things break right and they start playing – and Jamal Williams is, you know – he was a very good player for the Packers and just, you know, obviously never got got a ton of carries up there. But when he did play, he was very effective. And now with, you know, Swift being in and out of the lineup, he's kind of taken over. And so they got that running game going a little bit. Goff, I mean, say what you will. I mean, he just doesn't he's not going to he's not going to 
lose a game for you. He may not win it, but he, I don't know that he's – I think he's gotten to the point where he's not going to lose many games. So if the defense can play fairly decent – I don't know. This is a this is a weird spot for Buffalo. They had – obviously the game – their home game against Cleveland got moved to Detroit last week. So they've got this odd dynamic of going back to the same visiting <laughs> visiting stadium, but – two times in a row so i don't know i mean this could be interesting on thursday uh with detroit that's tomorrow as we record but uh yeah that that should be fun that should be at least some something to watch that for because it just seems for years that you know it was just oh god the lions have that first game who are they playing against and who are they going to get dusted by so uh that's good that uh it looks like hey maybe we might get a game out of this um that's my. That's going to be my lock of the week this week, by the way. I'm not going to wait around. I just think that the Lions are plus nine and a half yeah. at home versus the Bills. You mentioned that the Bills aren't playing the best of football. This could go either way, but I'll take the Lions here. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think they'll cover the spread. So that's my lock of the week for this week. And let's get to your. It's picks, always so. it's always best to you get points so you can st- they can lose and you can still win. That's the best. So I'm going to stick with my roots. We're now at, I believe uh, 22 15 and one for the season. So here we go. Uh, so I'm going to stick to my roots for the most part. I kind of foreshadowed a couple of picks, and I'm sure for those of you that are regular listeners probably have a good idea where I'm going. Cincinnati's minus one and a half at Tennessee. No, it's not a, a like a complete revenge game, but I think deep down Tannehill is, is going to come out and hopefully he doesn't press, but I think he is going to play really well. Uh, Cincinnati had, I guess a fairly easy game. It was 37 to 30, but you know, they were kind of in control that game in Pittsburgh last week. Sec, you go on the road a second uh, week in a row. I'm going to take Tennessee plus the one and a half. Talked about Tampa going on the road, three and a half point favorite in Cleveland. Uh, the weather here, I'm fairly close by. Yeah, it was terrible. You know, obviously we had tons of snow last week, but it's 50 degrees today. The sun's out. I'm hoping for more more of that this weekend, but I'm still going to go with the cold weather team versus the warm weather team. Give me Cleveland plus three and a half. I talked about the commanders. Atlanta's been great against the spot all year, but I think I'm going against them this this week. I'm going to go with the fighting Heineke's minus four. And then the ugly game of the week. Alex talked about our boy, the redhead. And I don't know if he has red hair, but he's got a fine head of hair from California, from USC. Sam Darnold coming back. He's going to start for the Panthers. They're getting two and a half from De- How is Denver <laughs> favored against any team in the NFL? I don't get it. Carolina plus two and a half, the ugly game of the week. You heard it here first. So that's that's the four there. Plus Alex giving you his lock. He's he's following suit with an underdog, the Lions plus nine and a half. What do you think, Alex? Wow. I've lost faith in Sam Darnold, but you're like <laughs> you're pulling for him in that comeback game. Hopefully it works out hey, because I mean, at home, are still- you know, come on, Denver. How can you be? How can they be favored? They're, they're just awful. They're, they're, 
and they're just so dysfunctional. It, it's it's just ridiculous to watch. I, if you saw the end of the Raiders game, all is Wilson had to do, hey, there's nobody open, take a knee, let the clock run. So anyway. But still, how can I'm, you take I'm, Sam- I'm done with them. They're they're a lost cause. They are a lost cause, but how can you take Sam Darnold and the Panthers over Russell Wilson <laughs> and the Broncos? I hey, I don't understand. This is the this is the spot. Hey, somehow they they kind of held it down against you know against Lamar and uh, and the and the Ravens last week. Now Baker only got him three points, but the defense would played really well. Uh, so. Nah, hopefully, maybe Sam gives him a spark. I mean, maybe for one game, Sam just you know has a has a good game and shows everybody you know enough of a tease to keep him in the league as a backup. Say, hey, look at this guy. Look what he did. He beat the Broncos at home. All right. Hopefully, it works out for you. I uh, I, I love your ugly game of the week. Ugly game of the week, baby. That's always like that. I mean, you're always you're always trying hard with that one. Does it ever come through for you? The ugly game of the week is is usually is pretty spot on. I mean, there's, I mean, no, I mean, that's not all the time, but more often than not, it's it's uh, and it's an ugly game for a reason, right? So if you like fall into the trap, if you would, and well, geez, you know, Denver, Russell Wilson, they're you know, of course they're going to go into Carolina and dust this team. No, Carolina, give me the two and a half. Sam's going to give him a spark. This is it, baby. It might be like seven to six. I don't care. Either way, we win. All right. You heard it here first. Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. That's going to do it for us this week, gang. Uh, hopefully we'll be back with you next week. For Alex, I'm Lou. Peace.